Day 81. Yeah, Joe, he turned the page. But yes, Americans trapped behind enemy lines. And it seems like we're the only ones mentioning it every day. How about we go and save them and rescue them? Be the greatest thing ever. By the way, no public events for Joe Biden today. No White House briefing today. Uh, And of course, last night was a political tsunami. um, And we predicted it. I said I, I thought we'd get... The Commonwealth of Virginia by two. We got it by two. I say, I was not as confident in New Jersey. Yeah, but, you know, New Jersey does have this 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 independent streak that shows up every once in a while. I don't know what the final results will be there. And I'm not sure I trust anybody counting anything anymore. Um, I, but this was this this is much deeper and it goes much further than I think anybody really understands. Uh, look at, for example, a, a red tide literally swept over long island and new york republican candidates for da nassau suffolk counties they won their races and in stunning landslides um in nassau you had a career local prosecutor upset a democratic state uh senator former federal prosecutor that eliminated cash bail for defendants i mean all of these issues we have been talking about the radicalism of the left was just 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 defeated across the board last night and it, the, the key for the Republicans is, OK, how are they going to keep this momentum up? What? Because one year from now, we'll be coming on the air the day after Election Day. And that's going to be, did the Republicans take back the House of Representatives? Did Republicans win the Senate, Marco Rubio in Florida? Did Herschel Walker win against Warnock in Georgia? These are all races we'll be following. What happens in North Carolina, South Carolina? What happens in New Hampshire? What happens in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Ohio, Nevada, uh, Arizona? Those are all, I mean, that's that that will be the bellwether of all bellwethers. So I don't want to get overly, I, I, I take, I'm cautiously optimistic and I'm hopeful. One of the funniest stories to come out of yesterday is you got a truck driver who's now leading in a race against the New Jersey Senate president, he spent a whopping $153 on his campaign. A victory by Republican Edward Durr, South Jersey commercial trucker. He's over long-serving Senate president in New Jersey, Stephen Sweeney. I mean, it's it's remarkable. And he's up by a pretty significant amount, 52-48, with 99% reporting. So I would assume that that race is done and, and called uh, Virginia's newly elected uh, lieutenant governor, an African-American. She is blasting Democrats today. Her name is uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, you know, on the use of the race card down in in Virginia, saying this is what the Democratic Party does over and over again. They come into the black community. They try to gin up your anger over some supposed threat or some supposed slight. And then we're supposed to run out and vote for them because they're coming to save us. You know, we have chronicled this history of every two, four years. It's the same playbook. Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, now transphobic. They want dirty air and water and they want your grandma and grandpa to eat dog food and cat food and die and get thrown over a cliff. Um, We have Trump's endorsed congressional candidates, one against Biden endorsed opponents, Uh, Hollywood celebrities hit the panic button last night from Rosie O'Donnell on down. 
We are effed. A distraught O'Donnell tweeted, fascism is alive and well in America. Rosanna Arquette. I'm like, okay, these people are off their rocker. Um, One thing that we need to look for. Now, we saw this in the Trump years. The first the the first three years of Trump's economy, what did we see? We saw that the policies of Donald Trump pulling back the bureaucracy, lowering taxes, moving towards energy independence and controlling our borders had a huge impact. And it had an impact because we were creating record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. Last night, Republican Virginia governor-elect now, Glenn Youngkin, garnered more support from Hispanic voters than Democrat Terry McAuliffe. Uh, 54% of Hispanic voters in Virginia backed Youngkin. 45% went for McAuliffe. Um, that is that, that is a big deal. because, And I, I have this whole litany of things that we need to do if we want to get this country back on track. This can only be viewed as a great first step. This can only be viewed that people now recognize the the failure that is all things radical democratic socialist, new green dealism and Joe Biden, because there's not a single thing we can cite that is successful for them. Uh, Kamala Harris had made the prediction last week. I hope maybe it will be featured prominently in Republican campaign commercials until next November. But when campaigning for McAuliffe last week, she's what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024 and on. I actually agree with Kamala Harris for once. Even before McAuliffe went down, Biden was trying to dodge blame watching the White House. I mean, to put a lid on Biden all day today, of course, he's tired. He he didn't get a long enough nap. It was very rude of his aide to wake him up in the middle of that climate summit uh, in Glasgow. That was so rude of that person. Uh, anyway, so Biden yesterday was asked whether he thought McCullough was still going to win. Biden immediately started dodging uh, the blame for McCullough's. But I'm telling you right now, because I'm talking to Democrats, they're all blaming Biden. They're blaming the they're, if you think it was bad leading up to. This election, the Democratic infighting and civil war, Mansion Cinema versus the Squad and Pelosi, etc., it's only going to get worse. Now, they're trying to, apparently, we'll talk to Congressman Kevin Brady later, it looks like they're trying to now rush through as quickly as they possibly can any bill with any amount of money that they can get because they know that their political fortunes have turned dramatically against them. Um, so whether they're going to be successful or not, that will be interesting. I don't think so because I think Joe Manchin Monday when he was, when we went out there and excoriated the Democrats for these accounting practices that they were using, um, I think it was pretty clear how he felt. Uh, Washington Post blaming Biden for dragging McAuliffe down. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of blame to go around everywhere. Here's my big takeaway from the night and and what I think all of this means. And this is this now. This is more big picture. Because it was a good night last night. It also reinvigorates my faith. By the way, it's nice to win again, right? Much better than losing. Um, 
and that is that the American people see what's happening. Because there's been a lot of doubt. There's not been mainstream media coverage of the disaster at the border. There's not been a lot of mainstream media um, coverage. It's now day 80, what, one or two Americans abandoned by Joe in Afghanistan. I mean, imagine it's 94 days after he promised that he would never abandon them. He's abandoned them. And we found out just a week and a half ago that there were hundreds of Americans and their families, thousands of green card holders and their families. And then, of course, our Afghan allies that we promised we would get them out of there if this day ever came. They're still there. Nobody in the media covers it. So I wasn't sure to the extent that this would impact people like it did last night, but certainly the environment was ripe for it here. But for me, I'm, I'm looking at this as just phase one. This has got to be a three-phase operation. And phase one was, okay, we can show that Republicans can win on ideas. Republic, the Republican vision compared to radical democratic socialism is a winning formula. Now, if you look at the issues, you know, we, put Donald Trump, the personality aside for a second. Donald Trump's policies of stay in Mexico, build the wall and abolish catch and release worked. We had the lowest illegal immigration numbers in, what, 30 years. Now we're going to have the highest in 40 years as they now have adopted process re and release. They've stopped building the wall and they've abolished the stay in Mexico policy. Then we go to the one big issue that is impacting everybody, and that's the economy. And Joe Biden single-handedly, not only did he end uh, high-paying career jobs for energy sector workers, but Joe Biden also artificially reduced the supply of energy in the entire world. And it's still, whether liberals and New Green Deal socialists want to admit it or not, but oil, gas, and coal are the lifeblood of the world's economy. But what I find the, the oddest thing to me is if, they're, if they care so much about the planet that they're going to abolish, you know, exploration in Alaska and they're going to stop building the Keystone XL pipeline, but yet they're going to beg OPEC and they're going to beg Russia to increase production so we can pay less. We don't need to ask them. Now, if the idea to stop it in America is because we want to be good stewards of the planet that God gave us. Well, what difference is it if we make it here or drill for it here or they drill for it at some other point in the, in the world? It doesn't matter. It still has the same impact on planet Earth. I mean, the thinking, the logic is non-existent here. So this is where I see Republicans, just to give you a short summary, and we'll give you more detail as the show unfolds this hour. Republican Party now needs to establish itself as a party that represents limited government, low taxes, less regulation, that stands up for working men and women and job creation. They have got to be the party of law and order so people can be safe and secure in pursuing happiness. They've got to be the party of choice in education and and stop this stranglehold and unholy alliance with teachers unions and the Democratic Party. Give parents a check and let them decide where they want to send their kids to school. 
They've got to be the party that explains what free market solutions to health care is all about, protecting people that can't afford it, protecting people with pre-existing conditions. That can all be accomplished. They've got to believe in energy independence because look at what's happened to the economy because we're paying a buck fifty more a gallon. You know, how much more does it cost to fill up your gas tank? How much more will you pay to heat your home this winter? How much more will you pay for every product you buy at every store because it costs more to ship it there? All of this is preventable. And then, of course, secure borders and, and a few other principles. If Republicans now rally around ideas, and I would recommend they put it on paper, then what we saw and liked about last night can be duplicated in 2022 and duplicated again in 2024. I want to spend the right amount of time on on what the future needs to look like, and I'll do that after the news at the bottom of the hour. Um, you cannot underestimate what what yesterday is is really all about. It is the well, I saw one one article it says Biden team. Did we go too far left? I'm like, OK, do you think the government is useless if they're not serving you, the American people, all these people that go into government and and even some that go in with the best of intentions. And Linda, how many times have we experienced this? Somebody as a candidate, first time. Ben Ben Sass is a great example. When Sass, we first Sass interviewed the Ben Sass, remember Sass the ass. Sass the ass. Yeah. Okay. We interviewed him, and he sounded. I said, "Wow, this guy sounds like the real deal, and he's going to do an amazing job." And he said all the right things, and he came on the program often. And I said, "There's a guy that I can support because I believed him." And then, lo and behold, he goes to Washington, and he's changed dramatically. Now, others have not, for example. Like, I, I look at guys like Josh Hawley, Tom Cotton. Um, we, we we have some real fighters in, in Washington. Ted Cruz has been on his game fighting hard every day. Mike Lee on constitutional issues, I think, has done a great job. And we, we have our fighters, but many of them go there with the best of intention, and then they get caught up in that environment. That swamp, that sewer, and that is that they they then love being called congressman and senator, et cetera, et cetera. And then the Washington swamp has this way of like dragging you down into the muck and the mud and the leaves and the and the, you know, where only the alligators swim. And they do it by, well, we really need your vote here, but it's not something that you ran on or something that you ever thought you would support. And then the pressure becomes enormous. And then they start holding out committee assignments. And then they start holding out positions and leadership. And then they, and slowly but surely, your identity, it's sort of like invasion of the body snatchers. You went there with all the, the best of intentions and you change and you abandon the, your number one job. If you want to go into politics, your number one job is to never forget that you're supposed to be a public servant. Tell people where you stand. Tell them the things you'll fight for. Make those promises. And then you got to keep them and not let the swamp impact you.
liberals crazy. Three hours a day, every day, the Sean Hannity Show is back on the air. Part of the program, things are a hell of a lot better this year, despite the inflation surge, uh, Biden claims. And then falsely claiming wages rising faster than inflation. That's a lie. Then he falsely claims uh, wages. He said this in Glasgow and like he doesn't even get challenged. Look, this is let me go back to where we were and and tie this all together for you, because uh, like all of you, I was very happy as these returns came in last night. I, I mean, I had some of the best discussions going on with people up and texting here and there and everywhere. You know uh, why? I'm like, are you watching New Jersey? Are you watching? I kept saying to everybody, are you watching this? And I. I, then I start looking at at different counties, and I'm calling and getting information about that county and what percentage of this county is in, um, and what was the what was the tally back in 2017 when Murphy ran the last time versus what it is today, you know, use anecdotally, and I could not believe it got that close. It was it's it shows that when politicians fail, that they're not going to get rewarded for it. And and it shows a lot more. Now, if this if we are going to go the whole nine yards and we're going to save this country, last night can only be viewed as it's it's doable, it is possible, it's all hands on deck, and that we have to take the next two elections seriously. One year from today whenever it is, the year day after election, we will be on the air. And we will know whether Republicans took back the House. If they take back the House of Representatives, Joe Biden's agenda is dead. It is over. It's finished. If if they we take back the House and the Senate, it sets us up for the biggest, best opportunity to get the country back on track. Being a good politician is rooted in ideas. And this is where maybe, and I've mentioned this many times on the program before, I usually don't get a lot of support for the idea. We tried it, the 2010, 2014 Conservative Solutions Caucus, and it's, and it's just ideas. You've heard me give my one-minute speech about what it means to be a conservative. It's not complicated, a lot of people don't understand it. Now I'm going to give you the longer version because what I would like to see candidates do, and that would be the Republican Party, the Freedom Caucus, every candidate running for office, they need to sign their name to a list of principles, ideas that they support, that they can be held accountable on if they decide to run for reelection down the road. And it's simple stuff. What do we believe as conservatives? We believe in liberty. We believe in freedom. We believe in limited government. We believe in our constitution. We believe in capitalism. Now, what is that? how does that translate into policy? I'd like to see a Republican Party, as Reagan once said, a revitalized Republican Party with no pale pastels but bold color differences. I think Republicans need to make the case for limited government. They need to make the case for less government intrusion into every aspect of our life. 
They need to make the case for lower taxes for everybody because a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not we're not undertaxed. We need to make that case and then run on these principles and put in place tax cuts, cut the bureaucracy out, you know, translate it into policy and then sign your name to it. That would include and we see an issue like, for example, schools in, in Virginia. Who would have thought schools would be the, what, the economy was number one. The school system was number two. Education was number two in terms of voters and, and their concerns and what what drove them to the polls yesterday. So the Republican Party needs to very loudly embrace school choice as an alternative to the failing school system and the unholy alliance with teachers unions and the Democratic Party, because the teachers unions, I mean, they don't donate so much money to Democratic candidates. It's so important to the Democratic Party that that even gave them an opportunity to write COVID protocols for teachers in in schools all across the country. That's how much power they wield. Well, if you give parents school choice and education, what do you think parents are going to do with that money? They are going to look for the best schools that will ensure that their children are proficient in reading and math and science and computers because education is the ladder to success in this country and in the world. By denying kids the education that they deserve, we are shutting them out. We are shutting them down. This is something that Republicans, they need to own it. They need to embrace it. It needs to be on paper. They need to sign it. They need to promise, they need to pledge, they need to make a solemn vow. Second issue, how is one to pursue happiness if you live in Chicago with all the shootings that take place every weekend? Republicans need to, as part of their platform, in writing, be the party of law and order, safety and security, fully funding the police, and put it down on paper. If elected, we will make sure that police are funded all across the country and that law and order is maintained. Because you can't pursue happiness if you're not safe and secure. The Republican Party needs to explain that there are alternatives to top-to-bottom Obamacare. Remember, we were supposed to keep our doctors' plans and save money. Millions of Americans lost their doctors. Millions lost their plans. And everybody's paying on average about 250% more. And there's nearly half the country that has one Obamacare exchange option available to them. That's not exactly choice in health care. But then you have health care cooperatives, like our friend Dr. Josh Umber in, in Wichita, Kansas, who's done a great job, and he's duplicated that model all across the country. So free market solutions for health care that protect people that can't afford it and protect people with pre-existing conditions. That's another item. Put it down on paper. And then nationally, as a party, pledge to fight to get these bills passed. If you elect us, we will lower your taxes. We will fund the police. We'll maintain law and order. We'll give you choice in education. We'll give you free market solutions to health care. If you elect us, we pledge to keep the border secure. 
That would mean bring back the stay in Mexico policy, continue building out the wall and ending the insanity of Joe Biden's process and release. Put it down on paper. Sign your name to it. We are the party that believes in energy independence, all of the above. All of the above means oil. It means natural gas. And it means clean burning coal. And all the above also can include any new technologies that would be cheaper and more efficient for the American people that that actually work. I mean, I'm sure at different at some point down the line, we're going to figure out better, cleaner, safer ways to produce energy because that's the that that's the history of human beings. We make advancements constantly. The next item on the agenda would be judges. We promise to only select judges that have a fidelity to our Constitution, that believe in separation of powers, co-equal branches of government, and that won't legislate from the bench but interpret the Constitution, which is our rule of law. You know, liberty, freedom, capitalism, our Constitution. When you say Constitution, that means the First Amendment. That also means the Second Amendment. And stand by it. We will defend America's Second Amendment rights. We will defend Americans' rights to freedom of the press, freedom of speech, and freedom of religion. Put it on paper. Make a promise. Make a pledge. You know, the next thing the Republicans should fight for, we believe in a strong national defense as a deterrence to conflict around the world. Peace through strength. And commit to building the military and staying ahead of hostile regimes like China and North Korea and Iran and Russia. And put it on paper. I would add to this free and fair trade deals. And I, and I think if, if you just start there, you now have a foundation rooted in ideas and solutions that will impact the lives positively of the American people. And it will greatly distinguish that party, no pale pastels, bold colored differences, from the new radical Democratic Socialist Party. Look, there's no way that they can turn this ship around based on where they're headed. Right now, Democrats are flailing. Right now, Democrats know the odds. Every minute now that passes, the odds of them getting next to anything close to, you know, the $1.75 trillion even, gets less likely by the hour, by the minute. They they now, they they miss, I, I don't know what's happened to this party. They, they used to basically believe all of this, but for most of my time on air, I've watched the Democratic Party hide what their true beliefs are. They don't want to tell people what they really believe. They just would kind of hide it. They'd cloak it. The only one that actually showed any propensity ever to change was was Bill Clinton. And Bill Clinton did it purely for political reasons and and wanting to stay in power. And that was after the shellacking when Hillary Care failed. And, you know, that they took in, in 1994. That's when Newt became the Speaker of the House. And then he came out with the era of big government is over and the end of welfare as we know it. 
Could you imagine this modern Democratic Party having any leaders saying anything quite similar? Now, we have, so that's my advice to the Republicans, because if they do that and they recruit candidates that are going to serve and be public servants and stand on principle, and they don't really care if they get reelected or not, but they care about keeping the promises, the simple promises of conservatism. And it's, it's liberty, freedom, capitalism, or constitution, less bureaucracy, lower taxes, constitutionalists on the bench, law and order, so people can be safe and secure, school choice, free market solutions for health care, secure borders, energy independence, peace through strength, free and fair trade. And then, of course, our First and Second Amendment, our Constitution. It's not that complicated. What would be so wrong about putting it down on paper? These are the things that we believe in, and this is the legislation that we will support. That party can win in 2022. That party can win in 2024. It's a matter of, you know, are they really committed to it? Because we've had years where Republicans, and look, we just saw it, what, a month ago, with, you know, for two months we had heard from Mitch McConnell that they weren't going to raise the debt ceiling. And then we're getting down to the deadline the last 48 hours. He caves <clears throat> as, and gets 10 other Republicans to cave with him. That's not a Republican Party that inspires leadership, that inspires people to go out to a voting booth and say, okay. So it's not only good for the country, but it's also good politics. Fox News is reporting Pelosi said today, well, the people have spoken. We respect the results. I'm very sad. Terry McAuliffe, a great leader, is a good governor of the state. Does it change the agenda for the House? One reporter asked. No, Pelosi says. I guess they're back full on socialism. Um, Republicans now are on track to regain control of Virginia's House of Delegates. That's big. Looks like a total, complete sweep in the Commonwealth. Of Virginia, winning back the Virginia House, Lieutenant Governorship, they, I mean, they swept everything. The big night. I don't think I, you can really, really, you dig down deep here and you think Donald Trump lost that state by 10 points last, last year. In one year, that's how quickly socialism fails. That's what bad ideas do to the country. Anyway, 800, oh, by the way, the Washington Post blaming Biden for for dragging McCullough down. Probably some truth to that. Um, now the blame game is going to begin. Uh, and we're going to watch him wait and see what happens.